very first books, it was a nonfiction book, it was called Clocks and How They Go. What's bizarre is when I was around seven years old, I tore an entire clock apart and tried to put it back together again. So I, I, I think it's sort of strange that all of those years went by and all of a sudden I found myself tearing another clock apart <laughs> trying to figure out how, how it went back together. Um, so. I was always asking my parents questions. In fact, they probably drove them crazy because I was always saying why, what, what, you know, like that was just the way I was. My books are very diverse. I don't just, a lot of children's book authors will go into one area. One reason why I work with so many different publishers and have worked with quite a few different editors is because the last thing I want to do is to be peg hold into a certain area. Like I do books about animals, but I will also do books about unicorns. I will also do books about how movies are made. I will do books about uh, grizzly bears. I, w I have a book coming out next uh, January on, called A Quilting Bee, and that's all about quilts. So I, I like to go into many different directions. My, my biggest concern with nonfiction for children is that I don't write down to children. I don't think I should use baby words. Um, if they have any questions, they can ask their peers. I mean, they're, they're like their teachers or their parents or whatever. Uh, I want to make nonfiction visually exciting, but it's sort of natural for me to do that. I mean, I, I, I love bright colors and I love I love artwork. I mean, I love doing my artwork so. But when I'm, when I'm plotting out a book, because of my graphic background and because of the television background, I can sort of um, visualize while I'm writing what is going to be on each page. Mentally, I can sort of see an image in my head of what is going to be on each page. And I don't want it to be boring. <laughs> I want it to be visually exciting, you know, because... Uh, well, first of all, I don't want to, I don't want a book to be I don't want to, I will never do a topic that I think is dull or uninteresting. It has to really be something that I want to dig into and be curious about. Um, there's sometimes publishers will call up with ideas and I say, "Are you crazy? I don't want to do that." You know, and then I'll I'll talk at schools and some of the kids will come up with great ideas. So my ideas come from a lot of different places, from publishers, from my husband, from my kids, from school kids, and sometimes I actually come up with an idea myself. <laughs> so it my ideas come from a lot of different places. And it has to be something that is exciting to me, and if it's exciting to me it comes out in the book. It just merges into the book. Some people have said to me, why did you do a book on dragons? Behold the dragons. Why did you do a book on unicorns? That's not fit in nonfiction. Um, what happened was, I, was, I did a book called um, Knights in Shining Armor for Little Brown a few years ago. I was talking at a school, and a little boy came up to me and said, when are you going to do a book about dragons? I said, did you see a dragon on your way to school today? He said, no. <laughs> and he said, well, he said, well, you do a book on dragons? I love dragons. And I said, well, I'm not sure if I'll do a book on dragons because are dragons real? And he said, no. Well, I started looking into reference material on the history of dragons and thousands of years ago all around the world, 
all these different civilizations were telling stories and writing stories and and he, legends were handed down from generation to generation about dragons and I thought this is really curious this is more than fiction you know this is this is uh, a sociological thing going on here um, so when I started learning all these different stories from you know dragons from uh, you know, and then all of a sudden I was doing a book on unicorns and I'll be doing a book on fairies because for thousands of years all these different cultures have been talking about these little creatures these little fairies so um, it's like a little series that has developed you know so that's why like I said I split off into many different directions the reason I do nonfiction books for children is because when you look at an adult book you're not going to get a lot of artwork my background is in art and I really enjoy talking and being around kids so it just lent itself for me to be going into the children's book direction um, I'm a very visually oriented person one of the hardest parts of doing a nonfiction book though is to try to explain in only 32 pages something as complicated as like building a skyscraper you know um, and that's a challenge to me and I like challenges uh, most of my books start out with either a title page and then it goes to copyrights which means I have 30 pages left to explain something in sometimes I'll do an intro to title double page spread copyright page and that means I only have 28 pages to explain an entire thing like how a movie is made not easy so my first draft usually is a disaster because I overwrite because I've over researched and I'm terrified <laughs> the first time I go ahead and put the words down on paper I don't know how I'm going to write something so complicated in only three sentences per page and but see what's wonderful about a picture book with kids is a lot of times the picture carries a tremendous amount of information so it's a it's a marriage of text and illustration that's what it is you know you can a lot of times you, a person thinks you have to have a lot of words but the picture can carry a lot of information but there's a battle in my head every single time the first time I start a book on how am I going to explain this you know something that's complicated in 28 pages with three sentences per page <laughs> I live in the middle of 300 acres in Vermont one of the things that's very important to me personally is when I'm working on a book I really need to focus if I lived I remember actually when I did my first book I was living in New York City I actually worked through the night because I couldn't focus because New York City is so busy uh, I, I lived down in the village and it was so noisy during the day that I couldn't I couldn't focus on artwork I couldn't focus so I would sleep during the day and work on the book at night um, so to live in Vermont in this very rural area on this back road <laughs> which is a dead-end road we do not exactly have 
we, we, I mean, we're in a very small town. There's only 1,200 people in our town, so it's very conducive to focusing, you know. And um, it's very important for me to be able to work and then step away from the work and get outside and just go for a walk in the woods and to just, you know, hang out for a while and clean my, clear my mind. Um, we also live on an island off the coast of Maine, which is 30 miles offshore. It's the furthest inhabited island off the coast of Maine. Uh, there's a state ferry that runs once a month. So for us to get out to the island, we usually hop a boat with a fisherman who lives on the island. There's only 80 people who live on the island. Or we hire a five-seater Cessna to take us out to the island. There's a little gravel runway. It's a very isolated island. In fact, when we first moved out there, the fishermen wondered what the hell we were doing there. <laughs> what are you doing out here? We're just a bunch of fishermen, and who are you people? Um, so I get a lot of, I've, got, I've had a tremendous amount of um, things that I have, I mean, you know, experiences I've had on that island that have given me ideas for books. Like I did a book called The Puffins Are Back because six miles away is an island called Matinicus Rock where there is the, puffin, the puffins live there. There's a fellow named Stephen Kress who's in charge of the puffin project. When I decided to do the puffins book, I was researching a book on lighthouses and I was out of Matinicus Rock and I ran into Stephen Kress who was banding the little sea puffins because we were trying, they were trying to rebuild the puffin, puffin population on Matinicus Rock. So some of these ideas come, they merge into one another um, but again, the island, that island in particular, is extremely isolated and, and very quiet. And that's what I need a lot when I'm working. Like I said, so many of my ideas come from things that are going on in my life. And a lot of the times when I go out and talk to kids at schools, they're really curious about who you are and where you live and do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? They're, they, they're very curious. They want to know that, that you're a person and that they want to know who you are. Um, whenever I do a presentation to kids, I always bring slides along showing the house, showing the dog, showing the cat, showing the husband, showing, you know, where I live, you know, how I do a book. I, I go through that because that's what they're really curious about. They want to know who you are. Children who are interested in either writing or illustrating, the parents should tell their child that they should draw or write what really interests them. It has to be something that they're excited about. Um, it's the same for them as it is for me. And that's what I always tell the parents. I always tell them, don't, or, and I tell teachers this too, because a lot of times when I'm at schools, teachers I have found sometimes will actually um, tell a group of kids over here to write about such and such a topic and then these four kids will write about such and such a topic. They'll assign topics. I keep on telling them never do that. Tell the child to write what they find exciting and interesting in their lives or something that they're really curious about themselves. If they don't follow that route, they are going to write a very boring thing. 
if they write about something that is very exciting and means a lot to them, they are going to write something interesting and exciting to others. So that's what I always stress. If they're, if they're wanting to promote enjoyment in reading in a child, they should enjoy reading with the child. You know, if the child picks up on, that the parent is really excited about reading, the kid picks up on that. Um, I have a, I just became a grandmother. Ta-da! <laughs> um, she's through my my granddaughter's three and a half months old right now. What was really great was around two weeks ago, my son-in-law was sitting on a couch with little Greta, reading my Chicks and Chickens book. Now this little three and a half month old obviously is not a literary giant at this point in time, but. I, he, Roger was very enthusiastic, and so was his mother about reading. I mean, so was Greta's mother about reading. Um, so, because of that enthusiasm from the parents, the kids pick up on it. And it's the same with teachers. If the teachers are really enthusiastic, and same with public, you know, public librarians, if they are really enthusiastic when they're reading with kids, the kids pick up on it, and then they will be excited. It, it works that way. The Reading Rockets Meet the Author series is a production of WETA. Major funding for Reading Rockets comes from the United States Department of Education, Office of Special Education Programs. For more author interviews, recommended reading lists, and information about teaching kids to read, please visit us online at www.readingrockets.org.